time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. Thank you so much for joining us whenever you're listening to our episode here. Right off the bat, I must say happy birthday to my lovely girlfriend, Valerie Burns. We've been together a few years now, and her birthday is always a fun time of year. I told her recently, uh, I said, oh, look, uh, football's on, and she said, Oh, yeah, every September, huh? I said, yeah, every year, football celebrates your birthday by coming back, babe. Love you so much. Anyway, uh, Val is uh, rolled her, she rolled her eyes, as she often does with me, and uh, it, was qu- it was quite funny, always teasing her. But again, happy birthday to her, and happy that she is uh, doing so well in with some of the things uh, she's recently been up to. Uh, very proud of her. She's got a new job she started up a few weeks ago. And she's still doing her podcast, the Lady Piper's podcast. So if you haven't seen an episode in a while or listened to one, I should say, then be sure to check them out or her out, I should say. She's a solo podcaster currently. But anyway, a lot of good stuff there from my girlfriend, Valerie. Happy birthday. Well, we're also going to be talking about another podcaster today. On the program is Javier Rodriguez. Javier is a former player of mine back when... He was in seventh grade, and I was finishing out my last uh, year of coaching junior high kids at Rio Hondo Prep. Some great memories there, some good times. Uh, it was just time for me to kind of move on and jump into some other things. But Javier was amongst the last group of kids that I coached, so he'll have some memories to share with us, I'm sure. Javier is started up a podcast with his friend Zach Stiver, and the podcast is called The Pro and Con Podcast. Really happy for Zach and Javier. I think it's a great idea what they're doing. The pro and con, I think it's a good play on words. It's also kind of a, a play on words with it's, uh, you know, the progressive and conservative podcast, meaning each of them has kind of different viewpoints on things. Uh, and so it, it's, it just formulates a lot of discussion. So Javier's here today. He's going to tell us about his podcast, him and Zach, what they started up. They just had their first episode last week. I heard it. It's very good. It's raw. It's exciting. It's entertaining. Uh, it's some good stuff. So we'll get into all that with Javier. We're also going to talk a lot of NFL with Javier, kind of just to get his uh, kind of some insight from him. He's a big Raider fan. Uh, I don't hold that against him. All kidding aside, I'm just kidding, Javier. But anyway, uh, we'll talk some NFL, get his take on what the opening week of football was like. Uh, and just some memories of RHP. Tell us about his podcast. Should be a fun conversation here with Javier shortly. Well, speaking of the NFL, on Monday night, there were two more football games that wrapped up the final uh, the final games for the first weekend, the first official week of NFL action. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the New York Giants 26-16 in the opening game. And in the late game in Denver, the Titans from Tennessee took took home 
a very ugly victory uh, with a 16-14 win over Denver. Uh, I will say about each game, the Pittsburgh-New uh, York game, it was not all that exciting. I mean, it was really good to see Ben Roethlisberger back after missing all of last season or most of it after that week one injury. So good to see him back throwing a, uh, three touchdowns here and there. Juju Smith-Schuster had a good night uh, with a couple touchdowns and uh, yeah, the, the Steelers got the W uh, week one. So I think they're going to have a good year. And I know Ben Roethlisberger is kind of towards the end of his career, but I think uh, him stepping in, uh, Mike Tomlin is a, is a good coach Steeler. They're ready to rebound after, you know, some, some tough times and, they got they got to go through the Baltimore Ravens in that division, but I do think the Steelers are up uh, to the task. Now the New York Giants they are kind of a work in progress. New coach, second year quarterback, uh, a lot of work to do, but I do think uh, eventually they'll get there. I know Giants fans have been hearing that for years. <laughs> oh man, maybe next year, maybe next year. Well, the whole Eli Manning thing is in the past for him, so uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. Excuse me. Now on to the night game. You know, (laughs) you hear ugly sometimes about a football game and you think, oh, it was just a bunch of mistakes made. Uh, Ugly doesn't always have to mean bad. Uh, There was some good things in this game, some very uh, physical moments. It was a very physical team, two very good defenses, two pretty good uh, rushing attacks. Derrick Hendry, uh, is a beast running the football, and I know <clears throat> the Broncos, uh, Melvin Gordon from the Chargers, they got him from there, and uh, you know he he's going to be a good fit there alongside uh, Taylor Lindsey. And anyway, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry guys, I'm having a tough time here. Uh, anyway, uh, three missed field goals by. The Titans kicker, Steven Gostowski, after 14 years with the New England Patriots and a few Super Bowl rings to uh, to his uh, trophy case, uh, he comes over to Tennessee, and Tennessee had some really rough kicking issues last year. And they continued Monday night. Gostowski missed three field goals as well as an extra point. And had, they, had he not made the final kick of the evening, those kicks would have been the difference uh, in the game, the difference between a win and a loss. But he came in, uh, Mike Vabrell sent him out there, and uh, Steven Gostowski hit the one that mattered, I guess, after a very rough night. I can't imagine being an NFL kicker and having to deal with, you know, trying to turn the page, going back to fundamentals and rethinking about every kick, sometimes maybe overthinking. I mean, it's a crazy time, and I know when I have a bad golf swing, I, I can't wait to to get back to the tee box or back to the ball and swing again. So sometimes these these kickers having to wait around while football players are out on the field grinding away and uh, in some very physical situations and you know bleeding and sweating and all these <laughs> different things and then you send out the kicker out there to kind of decide things. It's kind of it's kind of weird. One of the one of the loopholes I think in football as far as strategy and everything, but. Again, uh, y'all, everyone's got to have a good kicker. Uh, at some point, uh, it'll 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 sink or sink or sink the ship sometimes. So rough night for Steven Gostowski, but the Titans get the W with a late field goal, a late chip shot field goal after many many misses. So I think both those teams will be pretty good. The Titans and the Broncos, they'll be in the mix for most of the year, and uh, we'll see what happens in going forward. 
Well, I'm going to talk a lot of uh, NFL with Javier today, just kind of a recap over some of the other games from the weekend. So I won't get into too many of those specifically here, but I do want to say this. A lot of the radio talk I heard and just some of the broadcasting from the week was about uh, the NFL officiating. And you guys know I have an officiating background. I never worked in the NFL. I, I did a few practices here and there, filling in or whatever, but nothing serious. Uh, I worked at the college level. And again, not, didn't get very high or anything, but but just have some experience. And I get so frustrated when I hear broadcasters and experts, so-called export experts, they, they try to drive this agenda or this like narrative or this theory about officiating it's just it's stuff that's just absolutely not true and and, and you, people throw phrases out that like you have no business making a few example i'll, I'll say uh, people people love to say oh you can't make that call in that situation you, it's late in the game you can't you can't let them you gotta you get you can't call that there my thoughts always, well, what other rules do you want ignored? What other, like, what do you mean you can't call that? You can't call pass interference late in a game? Wait a minute. I thought two years ago, everyone's screaming about there should have been pass interference called at the end of a game in the Saints-Rams games in the NFC Championship. Oh, well, that was obvious, Matt. Well, what's obvious? I saw things that were called that I thought were obvious, and people are still complaining about them on social media and media. And it's like, wait a minute. You guys got to make up your mind out there, these, these false narratives. You can't make that call in that situation. Wait a minute. I thought that's thought you did want that. Then again, the Saints in their playoff game against the Vikings last year, uh, the walk-off win for the Vikings. Saints fans, again, complaining about a push-off, saying the Vikings, they, they – and, and so where's the consistency from the media, from fans, in saying you can't make that call in that situation? So calls do get made. At all times. That's like telling, can you imagine if it was like, I don't know, fourth and one and the the quarterback went out there and like threw a touchdown pass, did his job. I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say about it. Like, and people are like, well, you can't do that in that situation. It's like, what? Excuse me? I, I love when people tell what of, officials, what they're, what they are supposed to do. It's like, where'd you read that? Where'd you hear that? <laughs> it's just, it's re- it's so bad. Look at calls happen in games. Sometimes they happen late in games. No officials looking for a spotlight or to make some dramatic call. They're trying to see every play as best they can. And some plays you can only see in real time, slow motion. Sometimes you slow things down and you look at it. It, it doesn't look anything like what really happened. You can't see the impact of certain penalties unless they're in full speed. So (laughs) this narrative, or you can't make that call in that situation. It's like, well, what other calls are you supposed to ignore? Can you have, can you call offside? Why can you call offside? Can you call holding? Can you call like, what, what are their calls? So I know things look sketchy at times, but there's no conspiracy theory about it. There's no, you know, <clears throat> there's no random like, hey, uh, guys, don't call these penalties with less than a minute left. It's like no one wants to do that. But if you have to, you have to. 
So anyway, my other favorite is, uh, you know, superstar calls. Well, that cornerback, he, he didn't call, he called offensive pass interference uh, on the, on the receiver because that cornerback just signed a contract for the highest paid. He's the highest paid corner in the league now. What? No referee sees the ball in the air, looks at the two players and go, okay, which player's making more money? Uh, penalty. If you think that you're an idiot. First of all, it's too difficult to officiate to know every player's salary while plays are happening. The game is fast. You don't have time to think about these moronic media uh, metaphors. That might be a name of a, of a episode soon. Moronic media metaphors. Well, he, he's a superstar. He, he gets that call. Wh- where do you guys get this information from? Where do you get this from? Well, he's a, he's been in the league a long time and he's a he's a superstar. So what? Is it pass interference or is it not? Officials know who players are. They know who which guys are, you know, been in the league or they they know that. But that doesn't change anything. It's all this blind uh symbolism that the media tries to portray all the time. Maybe veterans are a little more crafty know how to play the game a little bit better, the game within the game. They know how to get away with things maybe a little bit better because they know what officials look at. They've talked to officials. They learn. But don't sit there and tell me, oh, well, that, you know, he's the highest paid corner, so they're not going to call pass interference on him. That is so moronic. I, did, I mean, oh, my goodness. The game's too hard to officiate to calculate all that stuff also. It's just too hard. That's like the quarterback going back and delivering, looking at his four reads, and he's like, okay, he's open, except he's covered by, he, he's being chased by the highest paid corner of the league. I'm not going to throw it there. Well, is he open or is he not? I, I just, the media drives this stuff, and it drives me nuts because there is bias. They All they ever want is drama. And it's ridiculous. And and NFL officials are slammed all the time. If you think something's a bad call, by all means, say it. It's fine. You can believe that. But don't say there's this hidden agenda. You want conspiracy theories? Go turn on the sci-fi channel or, or look up the JFK assassination or some other crap. Don't 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 sit there and try to blame officials and, and say, well, they're just uh my here's my ultimate favorite. If you listen on NFL Sunday. You will listen to fan bases. You will listen to them cry and complain about how the NFL hates their team and officials are out to get their team. You'll also hear other fans of other teams say the same thing and then also accuse the team who just said they get screwed all the time by saying they get all the calls. They're the Dallas Cowboys. They get they get all the calls. The league wants them in the Super Bowl. They, they get calls. Meanwhile, Cowboys fans are screaming, oh, we're always getting screwed. What does that tell you guys? Everyone's complaining. Everyone thinks they're getting screwed. Probably no one's getting screwed. That's just the way the ball bounces sometimes. Again, in league meetings, in referee training, they don't sit there and go, okay, so on this play, 
when you see the holding by the right tackle, you got to look at what color jersey it is. If it's the New England Patriots, we do not want this called. However, if it's the Bengals, flag them all day long. That's how moronic these words that are said from, from broadcasters. It's absolute stupidity. You don't have to believe me, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to try to educate you. Okay, I'm not an NFL official, but I did officiate a long time. I've talked to NFL officials. I have worked with some amazing college officials. All right. They know they brush off all these stupid comments because that's exactly what they are. They're stupid. If you don't like a pass interference call, fine. That's your opinion. You may not have a trained eye. You may not know what you're looking for. But don't sit there and say, well, they're just out to get that team. Like there's some kind of bounty or something. No one's out to get anybody. People are so paranoid and worried all the time. Just play the game and let the, let the chips fall where they may. Stop stop trying to shuffle through cards and, and pick out uh, jokers and be like, see, I told you, just play the hand you're dealt. Okay? The ball bounces weird in football. You, you prepare, you plan, things happen. You can't be overcome by one play, one call, and let that dictate your emotions the rest of the game. At some point, you got to move on. Next play, next snap. So if you have some, uh, some, some narrative questions or some agenda uh, that you think officials are on, and in other sports, that's fine too. I mean, but I'm going to, I'm going to preach that all day long that, uh, no, that's ridiculous. Hey, don't Matt, what about home teams? Don't, don't home teams get more calls? No. First of all, I hated that word. Get, what do you mean? Get calls. <laughs> no getting calls. There's absolutely no getting calls. You, you, you earn a call. Maybe it's a bad call, but you don't get, oh, you got to give us that. I don't have to give you anything. I don't know where that came from. Uh, week one, and I'm already defending my my officiating brethren from the lunatics out there. Uh, everyone's a fan. Everyone's a fanatic. That's fine. I know I, it comes with the territory. I know what that stands for. Fan is short for fanatic. But the, the so-called experts in the media, they're supposed to be impartial. And uh, I never see that the joke you got to give us i don't have to give you anything your job's to play the game my job's to officiate it their job's to officiate it i should say i don't want to imply that i'm an nfl official but i'll be the only person to defend officiating no one else will i'll step up and do it everyone else wants to join the crowd join the mob and just and whine and give excuses there's too much of that going on these days too much whining not enough of fighting through adversity Cry all you want about a pass interference call. You got another snap coming. And you got to get that play call in. All right. Well, we're going to have some more NFL talk with Javier here in a second. So we'll get right to that. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, should be a fun interview. I had a great time interviewing or, uh, yeah, interviewing Javi, recording with him on Monday night, actually kind of during some of the football games. So it's a rather recent interview. And I think with our early shows during the week, we may have to do that in going forward just so we can get some 
some topics uh, from the weekend that was regarding sports. Now that we have sports back, uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that in, in our conversations here with our guests and, and obviously with my little rants uh, at the beginning as well. So that's it for me. We'll take a quick break and then jump right to our interview with Javier Rodriguez. Okay, joining us today is Javier Rodriguez. Javier is the co-host of a brand new podcast, the Pro and Con Podcast, with his roommate, Zach Stiver. Uh, Javier was actually a former player of mine back in my coaching days, the last year I coached, actually. Uh, He was seventh grade. He's all grown up now. He's got his own podcast with his good friend, Zach Stiver. Uh, Javier went to Rio Hondo Prep, graduated in 2012, and was a member of the 2011 CIF football championship team. So we're going to talk a lot about his podcast today. We're going to break down a lot of the action from the NFL on Sunday and just do some catching up because uh, we do run into each other every now and then, but we don't really talk that much so or that often. So we're getting that chance today. Javier Rodriguez, welcome to the program. Here's the girl. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Man, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be on. Oh, man. Happy to have you. Happy to have you on, Javier. And, uh, you know, uh, I interviewed your roommate, Zach Stiver, probably, man, a month ago, I want to say, somewhere in there, a few yeah. weeks ago. And he was a lot of fun catching up with him, talking, uh, you know, what life's been like after Real Hondo Prep for him and, and his career and also his love of sports. And, and then, you know, uh, not too long ago, I see this information on Facebook and Twitter that you and Zach are starting up a podcast. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I looked at the title. The title itself had me. I absolutely love the title, uh, the Pro and Con Podcast. And that is short for the progressive and conservative, basically, you and Zach, uh, kind of different opinions, right? Uh, I think it's Mm -hmm. a spectacular idea. Two buddies that kind of disagree on things but are going to take it to the airwaves. Tell me about how you guys started up your whole podcast, came up with the idea. Yeah. So Zach and I, of course, we went to high school together, actually went back to elementary school together. So we know each other for our whole lives. Uh, we didn't really, our idea for the podcast probably came up about like three years ago. And it was right after uh, Trump was inaugurated president and going up to throughout running through the 2016 election and afterwards like we would get into these discussions not only on Facebook but also we'd also hang out with each other and you know uh we catch up and talk and we get into our what we believe in and stuff like that and we'd always have these interesting conversations and it always <laughs> turned up into just me and Cyber going back and forth while like maybe four or five other of our friends are just sitting around like <laughs> okay what are these guys <laughs> talking about <laughs> But definitely talking with Cyber, there's some things that we fundamentally disagree on, but there's a lot of things that we get that we're able to talk things out and agree on a lot more than you think that a person who labels himself a progressive and someone who labels himself a conservative should, you know, what people would actually think would, how much they would actually think they get along. Mm-hmm. We actually agree on a lot more. So, yeah, so we had this idea about starting that like a political podcast a long time ago. And then like more recently, like we started talking about starting like a Dodgers podcast and stuff like that. But, you know, Stiver and I, we're not one dimensional guys. We don't just aren't in just 
enthralled in one thing. Don't get me wrong. We do love sports and uh, learning and keeping up with current events and stuff like yeah. that. But we're like all around guys. And so we kind of just, our podcast idea kind of just morphed into like a variety show almost. So just something that Cyber and I will enjoy. And as long as we are having fun with it and having fun with the conversation, then that's what we want to do with the podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's what is great about it is it starts an idea and then you kind of just evolves yeah. and you can kind of talk about whatever you want to talk about. And I like the fact that it is, it does have a variety to it. I mean, you guys on your description, you write down politics, sports, gambling, pop culture. Uh, you know, I at look all. at yes, it. Yes, we do it all. Yeah, you do it all. I mean, basically to me, it seems like a show. It's like a couple of guys shooting pool, talking about anything you know, having a beer, having a cigar, whatever, and just talking about viewpoints, experiences, whatever. Uh, I, I think it's yeah. a great idea, especially when, uh, you know, it involves two people, like you said, have different viewpoints and have a different kind of mindset on something. Mm -hmm. Because in today's world, Javi, it is so unfortunate to me that everything is labeled, like you said, progressive liberal conservative like everything is labeled that way and like we got to get away from that like we're all americans uh you know and we got to be able to have conversations and not hate each other because i've gotten in, yeah, in, in, in arguments with friends and family as well so i love what you're doing yeah this is something that we've touched up on on our first episode that just dropped this last friday by the way mm -hmm. at the pro and con pod on spotify.com by the way <laughs> Beautiful. but there's something we touched up about that if we start to put labels on ourselves like like and separate us and put us in these boxes where oh if you believe one thing on this one issue then you must believe this this and this this and this on these completely unrelated issues completely un and that's just not the case it's not just left and right it's not just two teams democrat and republican it's it's a lot more complex and there's a lot more nuance to uh ideologies than that oh it's very well said and uh, it's a great, like I said, it's a great idea. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a referee at heart, Javier, a, a umpire. Uh, so I can appreciate the third member of your team, uh, Chris Calderon, who's actually there with you now. He's kind of the behind the scenes, give you his two cents from the cheap sheet, cheap seats kind of guy. And he's also like the, I don't know. I look at him like the moderator, maybe kind of the referee at times. Uh, so I think he's yeah. a great addition too. Yeah, definitely a multifaceted role that Chris plays. Our good, my good buddy, my best friend from uh, high school, from uh, Rio Hondo Prep. I graduated with him. Uh, just, just him hanging out with us, with uh, Cyber and I, being at our house, and Cyber getting to know him a little bit better. Cyber kind of realized how funny Chris Calderon actually Chris is, because that dude is one of the funniest guys I know. And like, just his little—it's not even like—it's just these little like one two line punches night comments and it's just hilarious has you rolling on the floor laughing and yeah. he does kind of he kind of he does play that neutral role a bit where he's kind of like picking on cyber and i both and making sure our heads don't get too big oh i love it no and and i can appreciate that because that's how i kind of am around my buddies i'm uh, i get a little loud here and there but i'm kind of the quiet guy but i jab all day i love picking on my friends uh you know the more i like you the more i tease you kind of a thing uh, because that's how I want to be treated too with amongst buddies. That's something that's unique to guys. Girls aren't that way at all, but for some reason guys operate that way. So after listening to the first show you guys had, 
you know, I, I really enjoyed it. You guys bounced around on topics really well. You didn't stand anything too long. Um, I kind of look at it, look at it like it's very, it's unfiltered, it's uncensored. Uh, you guys are just being guys. Uh, it's raw, it's unique, but it's refreshing. It's refreshing because yeah, I hear, one, you know, go ahead. Yeah, that's one of the biggest compliments I got uh, after we dropped the first podcast is how like diverse it was and how you guys, we just didn't stick to one thing and how it touched on a different, lot of different topics, a lot of uh, pop culture topics too. Because when a big story comes out, people like to hear other people's different opinions too. Like they just get interested in that sort of stuff. What's the, what's the uh, hot topic of the day or something oh, like yeah. that? Like who's, yeah. Well, <laughs> who's well, and, who's and dropping a hot one next? <laughs> oh man. And, and, uh, and we're in this, we're in this day and age too, where it's like, I mean, 30 minutes ago is old news. Now it's like, it's gotta yeah. be instant. It's gotta be here and there. And typically with me, I report my pot, re record my podcast the day before. So I try mm -hmm. to touch on topics that can kind of be read the next day or, or listened to the next day, I should say, uh, or just in general, my general thoughts around things. So again, uh, I, I mentioned the pro and con podcast. You guys are on Twitter. The pro con pod is the hashtag. It's on, you guys are on Facebook. The pro and con podcast. Uh, is a Facebook page. So guys, give them a like, give them uh, a follow. Uh, they'll post a lot. of They post your episode information there. But you guys also, Javi, and I think Zach mentioned on the podcast uh, that you mm -hmm. that you guys were in, I think he kind of mentioned that you're kind of the Twitter guy. You kind of post different odd topics, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I control the Twitter and the Facebook page. He gets the Instagram. He has the Instagram, Instagram page. Okay. Uh, and so we're kind of promoting our podcast through that that medium right now. Uh, he has a uh, he has a good group. Of, he has a good little following on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, I have a good following on Facebook through um, my other my other uh, hobbies that I do streaming and whatnot. So we definitely trying to get as many different uh, viewers as we you know think would be interested in listening. Up Twitter, though, however, is probably the best for news and the one we're struggling in on the most. Probably only have about like 40, yeah, about 40 followers or so. Uh, definitely, Cyber and I aren't as active on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So definitely got to learn. I just started using Twitter this last year. So well, I kick my, I'm kicking myself for not, use, for not using Twitter earlier because, I mean, it's just so – I love how – I love the – outlay of it and how easy it is to okay this person's retweeted like this person's having a conversation with this person easily to understand uh or everything is a timeline so everything goes in an order or even twitter is always the first with the news like yeah. news is news is quoting twitter now <laughs> news outlets <laughs> are using twitter like it's insane so that's why i, I really kick myself for not getting onto twitter sooner but i'm on now and I'm kind of handling the Twitter page and we do use it to promote when we're going to drop our episodes and we're uh, little, little clips of what like little clips, little funny clips we have of the podcast for that, that week we're going to be releasing and stuff like that. Every Friday we're planning on dropping a, a podcast. Okay. Awesome. So an episode once a week on Fridays, yep. uh, guys, I, I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's just something I do. Um, no matter what I'm doing, I'm out, I'm shopping at the grocery store. I usually have one in my ear. I'm, I'm, I'm out walking. I have one. I always am looking for new ones. So uh, I, uh, I definitely encourage my listeners, check out their podcast. 
Uh, even if you don't know these guys uh, from Real Hondo Prep or anything, I have a big Real Hondo Prep uh, audience, uh, Javi, as I'm sure you know. But uh, yeah, check them out Fridays and follow them on uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, and Instagram. Uh, Javier, I will say I agree with you with the Twitter thing because I wasn't, I, I stayed away from Twitter. I was on Facebook, but yeah. I didn't post much. But you're right. I, I got on it. I could use some more followers as well. Uh, I'm a little lagging, a little behind, but you know, social media takes work. You got to constantly, you got to be active on it to promote your product, yeah. to promote and your I think show. It's, it's funny that medium of promoting yourself, but also you don't want to be spamming people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well said. Uh, yeah. 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 Definitely a hard line to find. So in the process of doing that as, uh, as well. <laughs> Outstanding stuff. Well, I know you guys touched on a lot of sports topics. Uh, some, yeah, some yeah. political topics here, especially with the, the election year. Uh, again, uh, encourage you guys to check out their podcast, the one from last week, and also this one upcoming on Friday. Well, Javier, outside of the podcast, uh, or I should say other than the podcast, uh, you were someone, uh, like many guests on this show, who uh, has experience or uh, spent some time in both Care Youth League and Real Hondo Prep. Um, I had the opportunity to coach you uh, and uh, a few other people who've been on this program, but for you, Cary Youth League started at the very beginning. You were young, you were kindergarten and you went all the way through the program uh, as a member of Indian. So tell me what your experiences were like uh, in Cary Youth League and how you kind of got involved in it. Uh, well, I got, I got involved in care because my parents put me into care. I was yeah. kindergarten, so I didn't have much of a choice there i know i don't i don't i'm not sure how they found out about care i know my sister and i joined at the same time uh, my sister lauren and she was about second grade i think second or third grade when she joined so and i, I just happened to be kindergarten which was the first year that you could join so yeah i was an indian growing up up until about they switched it up when i i think was, i turned in third grade they switched up from indians and atlantic pirates and corals and all that and oh, i'm not wow. gonna I'm not going to mention that fourth Care Youth League uh, team, the team that should not be mentioned. But <laughs> what colors? Wait, wait, what color jersey? Let me see. The fourth Care Youth League team. Superior. Oh, super I was talking about Superior because my years, I feel like Superiors always uh, dominated like all the all the sports. Superior. Oh yeah, man, superior. see, see. See, we always called them inferior, Javi, because there wasn't much uh, <laughs> there wasn't much going on with the yellow and red team. But now they had some good Getting ones. Getting in on the disses early, huh? <laughs> uh, hey, no, we oh, wait a minute. So that was probably Ryan Horton, uh, oh, yeah, Steven Amundsen, Smith. Smith. E oh no, yeah, Ian. Well, I put football. Ian I Hamilton, yeah, because I was a big kid. I was a big kid. Okay. So for football, I'd go up and I had to compete against Amundsen and Ian Hamilton. So like yeah. for those guys. Okay, you're but, right. That was the one good uh, superior team uh, over the years. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, if if you're if you played for in the inferior Spartans. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, but my, my knowledge of uh, of a uh, Care Youth League uh, teams isn't the best, but I do remember being on Indians, and then I became a Seminole. Uh, it was like the one year they we own our only our division had like unique teams. There was like the Seminoles, the Knights, and the Gladiators yeah. were the only the only division that was like that. I didn't like Javier Perez was my coach during that December. Oh, Javier December Perez? Year. Really? Yeah, Javier Perez, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Javier was uh, two years older than me. Javier, okay, okay. yeah, two years older than me. But uh, good guy, great guy. 
uh, yes, a proud member. Yeah, but of I mean, my, my experience in care, family. I mean, I'm sure it's similar through a lot of, it's similar, similar to a lot of other care members is just that a lot of my, a lot of my friends that I have now is just been childhood friends and just known and grown with them throughout the years. Isn't that crazy, Javi, that like, I, I don't know other people that can say that. I think it's, it's a lot more true with care youth league we're on to prep too, but like you have friends and, and there's plenty of friends on my Gator teams that I don't really talk too much anymore, but there is something special to be said about care youth league in the, in the sense that you do keep friendships a long time and into adulthood. And even, even the people you played against as a kid, I mean, it's gotta be cool to keep that connection going for so long. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I still uh, talk and talk to a bunch of guys I, I grew up with during that time and whenever I bring it up to a coworker or a new friend of mine they're just like kind of like what you still like know people from that like you had time of your life like what? it is nuts yeah, so uh, very unique very unique with something that I, I'll definitely cherish from that my time at Carey League and Rio Honda Prep very cool man very cool well uh in uh, junior high uh you went you ended up yeah. deciding to go to Rio Hondo Prep and it was there that our kind of paths crossed we'll say uh, I happened to be coaching in the junior high department at the time working with seventh and eighth grade boys uh, I was my fourth year doing it when you were a seventh grader uh, and it was me and Todd Carson and uh, Renzo Rowell uh, so I mean what can you tell me maybe about some of your junior high days maybe some of your memories there in the junior high department I remember seventh grade we went undefeated I think yeah we went undefeated uh, that year it was eight-man football. Football, yeah. It was eight-man football. Uh, Fun time. I remember going to Arrowhead for the championship game and absolutely destroying the – it was Arrowhead? Yeah, it was Arrowhead, Arrowhead right? Christian, the, yeah. Yeah, Arrowhead Christian. I remember going out there and being that, being that team. What else do I remember? Um, dang, the saddest day definitely was when after the Dodger game. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Dodger so game. We so, all went in flying high with this, uh, oh, yeah, the Dodgers won. Like, with the season, like, the year's over, about to enjoy a little bit, little bit of the summer. We get into the bus, and you come in, and you say you, – you, you're closing remarks to us, and you uh, say that you're leaving <laughs> on the bigger, better things, all that. Yeah, you know, uh, it, was, it was not an easy day. It was the last day of school, I remember, uh, in, in May of 2007, I believe, and – uh, yeah, I had reached a point where it was time for me to kind of pursue some other things and just, mm -hmm. you know, just some new, new challenges. I, I loved coaching. I loved working with you guys. You had a great class. That eighth grade class was a lot of fun too. And as part of our last day of school, it was like the first year that the Dodgers were doing that all you can eat right field pavilion. Uh, yeah. it was only like 35 bucks. And so when we told the game was at seven, we left at like two or three o'clock, uh, went over there. We played up at that park, some wiffle ball, and then we went into the stadium yeah. super early. And for junior high kids, having all you can eat at a baseball game, I mean, you guys were oh, just man. in heaven. <laughs> I remember like Andrew Amundsen, I think, ate like a ridiculous amount of hot dogs or something, like, <laughs> like 10 hot dogs or something. We had like competitions, who eat the most, who eat the most food of each type of food. People had like ridiculous stats on there. I'm pretty sure they were padding. There's that patty. Oh yeah, no worry. Yeah, I was like that Joey Chestnut in those uh, you know <laughs> professional eating thing competitions, but it was seventh and eighth grade boys with uh, big great big metabolisms and everything. Uh, but yeah, it was after the game where I had talked to Todd and I wanted to talk to you guys 
before I mm -hmm. moved on. I didn't just want to like not show up one day. And so I think I thought I owed that to you guys. And as hard as that was, uh, I'm glad I did it. Um, it was, I, there was some disappointment amongst you guys and, and your teammates, which deep down, I was like, okay, that, that means something like, yeah, I was looking forward to coaching these guys. Uh, but unfortunately at some point, you know, you got to move on and, and all good things yeah, come yeah. to an end. Right. I mean, being an adult now, I understand like friends coming from that situation, like, okay, yeah. Like you need to, you need to move on. Are you got another opportunity heading in your lifetime? You need to go pursue. Uh, but being like seventh grade, I'm like, man, we're going to have like, we're not going to have her coach us the next year. I remember being bummed out about that. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. I, my eighth grade year, I think Renzo still was coaching too. And it was, it was still Todd. It was still Todd. I forget who, who came in. No, someone not, no, someone not as good. Not someone not as memorable as you. <laughs> I know that for sure. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, Javi. Uh, you, you think you know what you're doing when you start coaching junior high kids, especially I started my very first year out of high school. And so by the time you guys rolled around, it was my fourth year. I had a little bit more experience, but there were some trials and tribulations with, with coaching kids because you think, you know, but you don't know. And it's a different challenge working with, cause you weren't that much uh, older than the kids, you know, and, and having recently been a junior high kid myself, really, uh, yeah. it, it was interesting. So, but I, I so enjoyed it. It was one of the best times of my life. One of the best things I ever did. You guys were quite memorable let me tell you, you guys you guys had a lot of fun a lot of fun during those years oh man well well tell me javier you go into high school and real honda preps got this great football tradition we've talked about it many times here uh yeah. what was it like playing playing football at rio especially during a time where i mean it was kind of the peak of the 11 man era we'll say uh i think mm -hmm. it was 2009 or 8 where rio won its yeah, i came in I came in 2008 uh, as a freshman, but I, even going into freshman year, I knowing, seeing, watching that 2005 team win and then watching the team. And the year after that, I was the water boy for the team. Oh, cool. uh, during, junior high, during my junior high years, I was the water boy for the, high, for the varsity team. So, you know, I kind of had like this, you know, as a kid, like almost like a celebrity status for like the <laughs> high school like football team. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like you think like, oh, you think varsity football, oh, these guys are huge. Like it's, it's all it's big Friday, the Friday night lights are out there and everything. So it's sorry, I got lost my train of thought over here. My roommate just walked in on me over here. Oh, your co-host? Is your co-host Zach yeah, Stiver? my co-host co Zach Stiver. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked to that guy. We don't need his opinion. Uh, yeah, 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 we don't need Zach. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. Zach and Chris, I know they're in the background. going to give, give you a hard time. Um, give me jeering. <laughs> very funny. Yeah. Uh, well, well, tell me, so when you're at Real Hondo Prep, you're, at, you're in kind of a, a really good era, a good time. When you're a freshman, you may not have been on the team uh, that kind of won at that time, but you did win a CIF championship uh, your senior year. And so tell mm -hmm. me what that experience was like and, and kind of just kind of go playing football in your high school career. Yeah, so my freshman year, they won the CIF championship 2008. Uh, I wasn't on the varsity team that year. The next year, my sophomore year, I got called up to play on the to be on the varsity team. And that year, they went undefeated. We went undefeated, undefeated, undefeated all the way through the championship and lost uh, 
heartbreaker to Linfield Christian. That one hurt, um, man. The muddy, the muddy field <laughs> of Covina District. Yes. Yeah, it was a six to nine game. Yeah, very, very weird seeing such a low score game for a Rio Hondo team. Yeah. So, and then my junior year, I coming in again, uh, first time starter, going to be starting, rode the bench my, my sophomore year. My junior year coming in being a starter. Uh, did pretty well during the regular season. Only had a couple of losses, but losing into the second round to Boron. That was a tough. That was a tough one. Cold, cold Boron up there, losing up there, mm-hmm. ripping our hearts out. So going into senior year, I just had this thought: like, man, I really want to win the championship. I really <laughs> want to be, like have my name on a banner. Thinking of all this stuff, really want to go down and finally like win one. And that 2011 team is such a great great team we had uh me zach on the line dave uh chris uh, sebi and rico like just a bunch of different like definitely one of the years where we biggest guys like we we're the, one of the biggest offensive linemen in the in rio hondo history definitely from our height and weight uh and then we had our sophomore quarterback colby sophomores colby and Jake Holgin, man, those guys are monsters coming in the sophomores. <laughs> our, yeah, but there are juniors going in actually in, in our senior year, my senior year. And that was just such a great group of guys that I got to, you know, just have fun playing football and just. Absolutely, you know. man. Well, it's just crazy. It was such a, it's such a good time. Real Honda's got a great history. They have a great tradition. Uh, but at that time, I mean, things were just riding really high. They win the championship in 08. Uh, you know, yeah. 09 uh, is uh, is a tough a tough loss for sure uh, in the in the rain and the mud. Uh, 2010 still a pretty good run. 2011 you guys finally did it, and then Zach and uh, you know his his fellow classmates they came back and did it again the next year. So yeah, a really yeah. good run Rio there for Rio. Needs like a, yeah, Rio definitely needs like it was a good while there. There was like the perfect like set of guys coming in and following up every single year where guys could it was like the next guy up every single year. Uh, Chris Yamis leaves. Colby comes in perfectly. Yeah. Uh, Cody Cal leaves. We have Jake Colgan come up. Like it's mm-hmm. like perfectly timed uh, where these great athletes came in and switched off with the ones that were departing. And let's see. I, I know linemen are, are humble. Are humble men. Uh, you know you right and me. Zach. You're very humble. Uh, Chris, all you guys are humble guys. Okay. But uh, as far as the running game at Rio Hondo, the running the running tradition. Uh, it's very run-oriented football team on the offensive side of things. Uh, who who were your running backs, and and did they give you guys as much love as you guys deserved uh, for opening big holes for them all the time? Oh, definitely. My senior year, we had Alex Tycho as our starting running back, and Stag, every time man. he had an interview, the only thing he said was, "I just follow the make. I just run through the holes my offensive line give me." He's a smart and man. A He's a smart job. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just he continually and tells us like all he tells us all the time, and the one of the things that he always tell he would always say is such a something that he loved from his offensive lineman is that we'd always and it's it's, it's kind of like a second nature thing to do and most you see most guys do it just going up and helping them get up like running up like after he gets tackled twenty yards down the field seeing his lineman run down the field with him help him up cheer him he said he loved seeing the lineman down the field with him. Oh, that's great. So that's, that's the one I remember about uh, Alex yeah, is uh, a running back on our team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, a great family. Definitely, the ty- definitely ty- giving ty- us the credit, though. Definitely giving us the credit. And, I mean, also big props 
to Todd Carson for becoming the offensive line coach uh, during my tenure on the varsity team and just, you know, helping us get so much better, like putting the time and effort into teaching us and going over, uh, going over mechanics of blocking and blocking schemes and making, and uh, making audible calls and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it just made a world of difference uh, in game too. Because we, we were able to communicate with each other at the line. Oh, block left, uh, pool, go for the – I got the linebacker, you got the, the defensive lineman. But, of course, we all had our we had, we all had our, uh, our little codes. I don't know. I don't want to give out the codes. Maybe no, no, it's top secret. Top secret, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, top secret. No, I, I think Todd, uh, who, who was, became a very good friend of mine over the years. And- My favorite coach. Really, really. My favorite coach, yeah. Hands down, huh? Taught me, yeah, taught me a lot, not only about sports, but also how to be a man. So big props to Todd Carson, my favorite coach. Oh yeah, man, that, that's awesome. Glad to hear it. And uh, you're one of many people who who believe that and feel that way, Javi. Uh, I can honestly say. I mean, I think Todd was a really good fit for the job. There's been some good line coaches at Rio, but Todd know. I think Todd knew how to piece it all together. He had to know. Okay, first of all, you got to motivate guys to 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 work hard, to play hard. Okay, that's step one. Now you got to kind of develop a system as to who you block, when you block, kind of. Uh, who's responsible and also trusting each other. Okay. So, so as far as the strategy involved and then number three, you got to teach technique, how to do things, you know, the details of it all. I mean, so those are three things. If we're breaking down kind of offensive line play, you could say that for anything really, but specifically offensive line play that I think Todd did a really good job of because uh, I've heard you, I've heard Zach, I've heard different guys talk about, him and the offensive line and how he made it kind of fun for you guys too yeah now not only was i mean i mean it was a lot of hard work he had us sometimes he had us doing a, a crossfit you know trying to get <laughs> trying to build that endurance and strength at the same time and he just had us doing all sorts of crazy he had us doing yoga one summer like it was just all <laughs> sorts of craziness and, but he definitely Todd definitely knew how to get the best out of the people he was guys he was coaching I could not have said it better myself. Yeah, and, and after coaching with him a few years in junior high, I do know that uh, he, he does like uh, trying new things, and he's not afraid yeah, to try yeah. something I mean, there new. Yeah, yeah, there was that one summer the, he, when he became the offensive line coach. He went up to De La, he went up to De La Salle, him and yeah. his brother, uh, Mark, mm-hmm. and, they learned, and they talked with the coach, and they got, a, got to understand how they do the blocking, and they kind of brought that ideal down to us. And – we saw a video on tape on them and how they, how they, uh, how they run things up there for their offensive line. And the biggest thing we got this uh, offensive, we got this sled. I remember we got this sled that that one year. And I know Diver talked about it when he was on your show, but it was all about trying to get that sled straight up, trying yeah. to get that straight sled straight up. Uh, don't push it back at all, you know. And Todd came down with the mechanics, and he came down with the. Uh, you know, just with the knowledge of how to do it. Mm-hmm. No, it's great I stuff. I mean, yeah, I can't say, yeah, I can't say enough about the guy, right? Oh man, that's that's incredible. Yeah, great stuff. I know uh, he's a, he's an avid listener, so I know he'll appreciate that. Uh, well, Javi, I hadn't seen you. It's 2007. Uh, I kind of went my uh, went off a new, on a new journey, but I did happen to run into you randomly. A co- well, I wouldn't say randomly. Well, maybe it is uh, a couple different times over the years. And it was all related to football, of course, because we're big, big football fans. 
uh, NFL guys. And I think the first time I ran into you, I saw you in San Diego. And at the time, my Los Angeles Rams were in St. Louis. And they came to play the Chargers in San Diego. And it was the closest I was going to get to a Rams game. I said, I got to go to the game. Uh, I went down there. And after the game, we're leaving. And I see you and Chris Calderon there. I don't know if you called me or, or how it worked out, but we ran into each other. And I'm looking at you and Chris, who definitely got a lot taller since last time I saw you. Uh, and I told, uh, it was, I was with a young lady at the time. I was like, yeah, I used to coach these two guys. And she goes, what? I go, yeah, yeah. These two giants standing next to me. We took a picture. I look, I look tiny next to you guys, man. You guys grew up big. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Chris said he had an extra ticket to the Rams charger game and I had the weekend off. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. And we go down there and we saw that you were down there with, uh, on social media. And I think we want, I think we tried to plan and meet with, yeah. with you during it or after or before or something. And we couldn't uh, meet up before, but afterwards we kind of like knew where you were. And so we wa- kind of walked over there. Uh, maybe you didn't remember uh, meeting us at the beginning of the game, right before you walked in, <laughs> but we definitely met, but we definitely uh, met each other afterwards and we hung out a bit and man, the, the old, Oh man, that old Calcom Stadium. We could call it the old one now. I don't know if Qualcomm. they use it anymore. Let me tell you, I've been there a couple man, times. That parking lot is a nightmare. A night, yeah. Wouldn't you say it's the worst parking lot of all time? Like I've been down there for bowl games, for Charger games, play playoffs, regular season. Like that parking lot is an absolute mess. Whoever designed it uh, should be put on trial for for terrible crimes. Yeah. Miserable, miserable. Yeah, yeah, it's a brutal, brutal, brutal parking lot. Uh, it was. I mean, we just decided to wait and chill there for like an hour or two because it was just so bad getting out. Yeah. Oh, it, well, it was so cool for me, and I'm sure Chris, other Rams fans like the fact that because because the Rams still have this LA presence, even though you know they played in St. Yeah. Louis for twenty something years. And, and I really believe yeah. at that game, seeing so many Southern California Rams fans. For me, I was like, man, this would be so cool if the Rams came back to L.A. That was 2014. Two years later, it became it did, yeah. it became a reality. So as a non-Rams fan, what do you think of the fact, Javi, that – I mean, think of that moment. We were all down there. The Rams are from St. Louis. We're in San Diego. I mean, did you ever think being there that, you know what, I wonder if the Rams came back to L.A. or, or, or whatever. Did you that thought ever cross your mind? No, I never really thought not, – not until – Dan Kroenke bought the team. I never thought it was a real, ever going to be a reality again. I was always hoping the Raiders would come back to LA, but now that's not. That's a definitely a long gone dream. But yeah, because fo- football is weird for me. It's the only sport where I don't. I'm no. I don't root for a local team because mm-hmm. growing up, there was no LA team really. So I kind of like grew up in that gray area where, after the Raiders and uh, Rams left, I didn't really have a team to root for. So my, mm-hmm. with my dad being a Raider fan, because he grew up in LA in the 70s and the uh, 80s so he was a Raiders fan so I became a Raiders fan so football is very unique to me in that so that I don't have a I don't root for a local team well you're you're not the Rams Rams did when the Rams did move to LA I did have to ponder I did (laughs) put the question up because at the time I was very unhappy with the Raiders and you know they're just doing something. Yeah, I was very unhappy with the Raiders and the Rams. I'm like, okay, so you know, like it's not out of the realm of pause. Like it won't. I want to be. I want to be 
you know, crucified for switching teams if I switched to the local team <laughs> because people would make sense. But, you know, like, I didn't even realize this. I didn't realize how much of a hold that the Raiders had on my heart until I tried to make that decision. And I was, when I was really contemplating, I'm just like, I couldn't bring myself to actually not root for the Raiders and not, and I, I just, I still just care about like looking up about their transactions and yeah. what their new Raiders news, who they picked up, who they're looking at, what's, what's going on with them. And I just, I think my, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, uh, just my father being a Raiders fan, you know, I always want, want to take after your pop. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with so you. I, I have an emotional tie with the team through that, through that, uh, that way. No, I, I think that's great. I think there's a lot of people that way. Uh, yeah, it kind of stays in the family. And, and I, as much as I dislike the Raiders, I, I, I will say I can appreciate people who root for the Raiders, most of them, uh, because they at one time were here in L.A. And even then when they moved away, they weren't that far away. Now, me personally, I think the Raiders in Las Vegas is a great fit. It's a great idea. I mean, what are your thoughts of them moving to Las Vegas? I mean, obviously, because I knew they had a a chance at coming to LA, like I didn't, I would rather than be the local team, yeah, because I it'd be easier for me to get to go to the game. But Vegas really didn't upset me at all. Uh, it's a great. I think about all the future Raider trips I'm gonna go take there. Like, oh, yeah. not only can I, you go, not only do you get to go to a football game, but the night before you go out, like, go out and have fun on the strip, and you know, go and gamble and stuff. That I always have fun gambling. So I, <laughs> I love the initial, uh, I love the initial idea or the initial move to Las Vegas because I know the Raiders have a hard, I mean, they still have a deep, deep fan base here in Los Angeles. Even oh, though yeah. they haven't been here for 20 years. It's still, I'd say there's probably more Raiders fans here than Rams fans. And take maybe it more, easy, definitely take more, it easy. <laughs> de- definitely more Raiders fans than Cowboys. Definitely more Raiders fans than Chargers fans. Uh, Cowboys, Chargers, yes. Uh, yeah, my at least my heart says there's more Rams, but no. Cal- Southern California is unique that way. There's there's fans from all over and uh, yeah. from all over the country, and then there's plenty of front runners here that happen to pick teams that are nowhere you have no connection to, uh, but for some reason they they like a team from yeah. Dallas or San Francisco. I also, the, I also love the Las Vegas move for the financial reasons too. I mean. The stadium is going to be beautiful. The stadium is beautiful. Uh, it's going to sell out majority of the games. Uh, and then you just have the the wow factor of like you know celebrities coming into town. Oh, the, oh you got to yeah. go see the football team in Las Vegas. They're going to be going like. So I think it's a very smart move financially, especially for Al Davis, who is uh, a cash poor owner. Cash poor, but he's hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, but yeah, worth yeah, hundreds I of millions, but. yeah. I always feel sorry for the NF for the owners of sports teams. Yeah, <laughs> I, I lots of sympathy there. Um, but yeah, it's. Oh, won't you think of the plight of the NFL owner? <laughs> oh man, listen, uh, my favorite owner in the NFL just built a five billion dollar stadium in, in Inglewood. So uh, <laughs> they're doing I, fine. I, I'm they're very doing, happy. They're doing phenomenal. I'm very happy he he did that. Uh, you know, basically, I can't believe he's he's dwarfed uh, the cost. <laughs> Of, of the other stadiums, the rate, you know, in Vegas and uh, Atlanta and all these other new stadiums, uh, man, 2 billion versus like 5 billion, just unbelievable. Well, let me ask you this, Javi, uh, a- a- as far as you mentioned costs and everything, I think something people don't always think about with free agents and everything too, is, you know, certain areas, certain parts of the country, Texas comes to mind, Florida comes to mind, 
they, their, their tax laws uh, obviously have a real impact on guys signing as free agents and everything. Yeah. They keep more of their money that way. And I know we're talking about millions of dollars, but hey, keeping the majority of your money is popular to everybody. So I think the move from California to Nevada for the Raiders is obviously more attractive uh, for free agents and for players yeah. as well because, uh, you know, no state tax and uh, plenty of things to do there. So I think it's a good job. It's a good fit for the Raiders for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely a good move. Uh, the the contract thing, at least, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how football works, but I know like Mookie Betts, he he had a he signed when he signed his contract deal, he signed it as a resident of Tennessee, so he's not gonna get any state income tax, <laughs> even though he's been paid from the Dodgers. I guess when you're when you when you're the big dot when you're the big fish, you could just uh, name name your name your well, location. Yeah, well, it has to do with where where you live, but it's also kind of where where you're. Yeah, it, there's there's more economics that uh, that I care to know about, but. Uh, it's, it's interesting for sure, uh, how guys can kind of find ways around it and everything. But anyway, um, well, I ran into you two other times. I think it was last year, uh, at the Coliseum, uh, when the Rams were back in Los Angeles and once was with my dad, uh, he hadn't been to a Rams game in 25 years, maybe, uh, when he used to take me. So it was cool bringing him and then running into you guys there, ran into you again at the, uh, the Ravens game, I think, um, but uh, just some good times. And each time you had, I think, someone else with you, uh, Frankie Alvarado, Stephen Smith, or who were guys, again, I used to, used to coach way back when. Uh, and it was cool seeing them 12 years later at a, at a random football game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankie was definitely with us the first time at the Rams-Buccaneers game. The, Ram, the Rams-Ravens game, it was, I think it was just Steve-O and Chris. So oh, Steve and Chris, Steve that's Smith, right. Yeah, Stephen Smith and Chris Calderon. Yeah, I call him Steve-O, but. Mr. Ravens uh, fan. Yeah, that I remember. Yeah, Mr. That Ravens fan. Yeah, but yeah, he's always been a Ravens fan, though, so I guess you can't really give him too much flack. Well, we'll get him a so. Baltimore Orioles hat for Christmas, uh, too, and just so he can be a little more consistent there. Now, I remember when he used to wear Ravens gear in junior high. I mean, I'd give him a hard – what is this? <laughs> anyway, oh, that's funny stuff. Now, no, man, now it's, in, now it's insufferable uh, hanging out with them. I already talked about this, how good Lamar Jackson is. You know what's crazy is – I, I, you know what's nuts, Javi, is that you and I, you and me sitting here, have the same amount of playoff wins as Lamar Jackson. <laughs> the same amount. It's That's unbelievable. That's definitely going to change. Yeah, That's well, definitely going to change. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Uh, no, I, I think know. he's – All those, all those – I mean, I was watching Lamar Jackson yesterday. I mean, that dude run, – like, the way he runs is insane. Like, he's running as fast as he can to the sideline and stops on a dime. And everyone just runs right past him, and he gains like five more yards or something. But what's going to hurt him is if he keeps cutting inside, and instead of running outside, going out of bounds, if he keeps cutting inside and getting hit, I mean, that's one of the one of those kids is going to be end up bad one of these days. Let's and let's talk. Okay, a you don't wish that. You don't hope that. But I mean, it's, let's it's, talk it's, it's, it's about. Statistical. Let's talk about some NFL and. And yeah. let's talk about what we saw on Sunday. Uh, now that you're bringing it up, let me let me be a hundred percent clear. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of this quarterback running the ball all the time. If a guy is a, is elusive, if a guy buys time, okay, he's, uh, you know, he's got them some athleticism. That's fine. But this love affair that everyone has with this running quarterback, 
and, it, and, it, and it's not a race thing. Tim Tebow ran the ball. Baker Mayfield thinks he can run the ball. Uh, he can't. Uh, it's just – No, I don't think it's a race thing. But, I mean, uh, you it's got – this running got back. Russell Every, Wilson, I think his, he does it perfectly. Exactly. Well, he, Russell Wilson, he does it perfectly. I mean, he runs when <laughs> – I'm getting snide remarks over here uh, from the Rams fan. But, <laughs> but, yeah, Russell Wilson, I mean, as much as Rams fans hate to adhere it, that he is like the perfect combination of throw – the ball and run, like throwing and running as a quarterback yes. I think and he runs yeah. he and runs I mean smart. I think Lamar Jackson definitely gonna learn and as he gets older and as he matures through the NFL and learn learns more about it I but, think he, I think he's an incredible I, athlete he's an incredible runner he I'm not taking that away from yeah. him. I'm just saying you got to be careful in the NFL the not for long league the, you know not for long not for long uh, league, it, yeah. all it takes is, is a is a there's Wait, enough you your- risk out there to get hit and get hurt just for no reason. It, you just got to be yeah. careful. Wait until you get your second contract and then you can, <laughs> and, then, and don't ball out. <laughs> Wait till you get that Patrick Mahomes money. As yeah, no kidding. As much like Patrick Mahomes, like he's an athletic guy, but he's, he's smart. He's not really a runner. They don't do too many design plays for him. I just think you got to be mm-hmm. careful with that stuff in the Cam Newton ran the ball 15 times on Sunday. He's a big guy. But I don't care how big you are, how fast you are. It's the NFL. There's big dudes and yeah. fast dudes on the other side of the ball who mm-hmm. are trying to tackle you. And I know there's rules set up to protect quarterbacks, this and that, but you have to be careful. I've seen it time and time again. Sure, the guy might put up a bunch of good stats, and but all it takes is one weird thing to happen. There's enough risk out there. Quarterbacks need mm-hmm. to be careful. They need to be throwing the ball from the pocket. Their design runs need to be uh, limited. That's my opinion. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely think the running quarterback, I mean, you, like the running quarterback, I don't think is something that teams could rely on heavily to win a championship right now because you're just too liable to getting hurt and not having your quarterback later down the road. Uh, but I def, but I mean, you got to admit that having that versatile athlete oh, as, yeah. as your quarterback, I mean, mm-hmm. as for your ball handler, I mean, it makes the world difference of what you could do with the, what you could do with the offense. So I mean, I definitely you can see both sides of the. I can see both sides of the argument there. Just, ha- I think like a lot of things, just finding that medium, happy medium, making sure your quarterback knows the best ways to protect himself, when to slide, best <laughs> when to go out of bounds, things yeah. like that. I know, I know. It's you, there's risk reward and everything. I'm just yeah. I just there's this love affair with it, and I'm like, well, well, well you know, okay. To each his own, but yeah, but, but I know you're thinking. I know I know why you really don't like it because as a defensive coordinator, remember you are a defensive coordinator. You ran the defense, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> You ran the defense, right? So I love you, I love coaching against the option. That means you get to hit the quarterback a lot, a lot, yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, like, you got to be fast enough to hit him, hit Lamar. You, no one's fast enough yeah, to hit yeah. him. Well, no kidding. Yeah. No, he doesn't get too many big hits on him. But like you said, cutting in, just dude, just run out of bounds, just like. People are people always want this human highlight uh, reel, and it's like, dude, yeah, there's a I lot mean, of money uh, on the line here. Yeah, Lamar Jackson absolutely <laughs> laid it on the Browns today, that, well, that yesterday. Well, the Browns play Citrus College and uh, Mount Sac usually. The, the Cleveland Browns are a joke. <laughs> they play and, the Browns play Fiddle Down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Well, the, the, I am not a fan of their quarterback at all. Baker Mayfield, he's a hothead. Uh, he's immature. He is not someone I want to be the face of my franchise uh sure he makes some nice yeah. throws yeah. but come on that that's the guy who's who's your leader come on really 
Baker Mayfield. <laughs> you probably love him. Though. I don't have to, I don't have a strong opinion on Baker Mayfield. I don't have a negative or a positive opinion on him. Kind of just like a, he's, he's kind of diff, uh, very interesting in the news every so often. Like once it once the off season, I feel like he comes up with like a there's like a controversy news about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but I always get him and Johnny Manziel mixed up for some reason. They're the same guy. Like, it's, Same it's, guy, pretty like much. It. Baker Mayfield probably is a little bit better. Probably a little bit better, but we'll you're see. right. Both I, of I them. I wonder know. how much time. I wonder how much time he has left from the Browns. So That's far. a good how much question. Time give him to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No Man, kidding. A lot of crazy, a lot of crazy games yesterday. I saw. I remember seeing the Bears come back. That was insane. What do you think about that? How, there were some games. Uh, there were probably four games, three, three especially that uh, were. Big comebacks, kind of weird upset endings. Uh, you mentioned it there. The Lions and the Bears, I believe the Lions were winning 23 to 6. And then yeah. in the fourth quarter, the Bears just went on a tear. Yeah, I don't know like what happened. Like uh, Stafford just threw some picks. Uh, the Bears had like a, some crazy offensive plays. Oh my goodness, that's an amazing mug. <laughs> it's all water. It's all water. Just trying to hydrate. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, they went on this amazing run, and then they are kind of going back and forth, the Lions and Bears there for a second. Bears got ahead. I think Lions scored again, and then the Bears scored. Yeah, uh, it was And then it the was Lions wild. were coming down the field, and the, the receiver, Swift, I don't know if he's a receiver or a running back, but he had a wide-open catch. He's a human being. He can catch a ball. <laughs> yeah, I hit him right in the hands. Had him right in the hands and dropped it and absolutely just got what a drop. Gave the Lions a lot. I yeah, I know I have a I know a Lions uh Lions fan that I work with and oh. he I was just thinking about what he was like doing at that moment in time because I would be person. so mad because you go the guy <laughs> drops the ball fourth down the next play and then they wasn't able to they weren't able to score so it was like just like that like he went from oh I was like you're gonna win the game and that's it second to oh my goodness like, i know i was watching it live and i said oh my god he's open oh whoa like unbelievable uh a, a grown professional dropping a football that was thrown right in his hands Un- drives me crazy hobby it's crazy uh well some of the other game the jaguars beating the uh philip rivers led indianapolis colts i mean Shocker. not too many people saw that but uh Shocker. pretty wild Phillip game. rivers throws an interception in the fourth quarter what I, that's Same. brand new i've never seen that Don't- before <laughs> Brand new. Me, yeah. Yeah. Tell me <laughs> if you heard that before. That is, yeah. Same old Philip Rivers. This year we'll find out whether it, it was Philip Rivers or if it was the Chargers. So it looks like it was Philip Rivers because the Chargers came back in the fourth quarter against, I mean, against, it was against the Bengals, but they still came back the second half and they uh, pulled off the victory there while Philip Rivers lo- loses in the fourth quarter throwing a pick the char- again. So the Chargers were lucky that that. Bengal kicker uh hurt hurt his paw as he kicked that kick was hey (laughs) look at me look at me be honest do you think he faked that injury as soon as he looked up and saw that the ball was missed and just said oh my leg there was several there was two of them there's two this weekend where the kickers or the kicker like for like i thought we're faking that injury after they missed the field goal stop like just yeah, there was a couple of them that I thought I thought was uh, that one definitely. I thought he he was like, okay, guy, it just seems a little like okay, you like you hurt your foot on the same on this yeah. play, like come on. Yeah. It was a little yeah, delayed. But at the same time, I don't want to. I don't want to. If he actually is hurt, I would feel bad. Yeah, so. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. Someone had to lose it, I guess, unless they tied. That was that was a pretty that was a Chargers against the Bengals and just 
two teams that kind of lose the same way every year playing each other. But the shocker of the weekend, I think, has to be uh, the Washington uh, sports team or whatever they're called <laughs> these days. Uh, I'm going to call them the Redskins because that's who I know them to be. But the, the, the Washington – I would think they should have changed it to the pigskins. I think that's a good one. Pigskins? How about the anything? Pigs, Russian, about- the Washington pigskins. I like that because you can still keep skins. You can still say skins. You'd be like, oh, skins. It fits, yeah. Pigskins. Well, I, football, yeah. yeah. No, because I think yeah. there'd be animal rights activists out protesting, uh, <laughs> you know, for pigs that are uh, become leather of football or whatever, you know, bacon. That could be that all could kinds happen. of problems. But yeah, yeah. With the, I mean, with the changing uh, climate, though, I mean, it was eventually going to happen. I mean, it was. Really, I mean, it was eventually going to happen, and it is hard. Change is always hard, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're still a football team. There's, well, <laughs> I was literally a, the football I, team. <laughs> I was offended by their name change because I was like, "That's not a football team." That why? Come on, now, you got to yeah, earn that. Haskins as their quarterback. That's not yeah. a football team. <laughs> yeah, no, they 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 played well. They they were down. I do love then... me some scary Terry though. Terry McLaurin. I love me some scary Terry. That dude is a good receiver. <laughs> I didn't watch much of that game, but I saw some. I do got to say that you can tell the presence of Ron Rivera immediately based off of how they play. They're very tough defensively, and uh, I, I like him as a coach. I've always, he's just kind of this quiet leader, which I don't think we have enough of these days in sports. Everyone's got to be all rah-rah and all this and that. Uh, I know he's going through some cancer treatment as well, so that was pretty cool stuff to see from uh, Yeah, he was going through his, uh, his treatment. He also, I mean, they also have a good – interim coach too i mean jack del rio he's a he's a oh yeah guy oh. he's been around for he a should long be a head time. coach he's a no-nonsense guy also so he i definitely think he'll get another chance to be a head coach again uh my step my my stepfather always says he wants trojans to hire jack del rio oh <laughs> trojans? trojans are completely different wait subject, who are though. those guys trojans what do you mean trojans they <laughs> the iliad and the odyssey is that what you're talking about trojans what do you mean yeah homer yeah. Oh, you mean that team that used to play football in the fall and is no longer? Well, I, actually, I shouldn't even say that. I don't know how much they were playing football the past couple of years. But now they just said, ah, we're taking the season off. The USC Trojans, that, that must be here talking about. Correct, correct. Oh, I'm just giving you a hard that, time. If I recall correctly. If I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when, when they decide to uh, start playing uh, football again instead of hiding or whatever they're doing – then, uh, yeah, I think Del Rio would be a good fit. Well, well, Javi, talk to me uh, kind of as we wrap it up here about your your Raiders, your, your Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they got a big win on the, the road. The, Ra- <laughs> the big stop I at the – boomer. Oh, Boomer's the best. I, I always watch him on Sundays uh, instead of this other nonsense. I turn him on. Uh, but anyway, the Raiders, uh, kind of a back-and-forth game, a big defensive stop at the end there on fourth and one mm-hmm. as the Panthers forgot that they paid a bunch of money to Christian McCaffrey and didn't give him the ball on fourth and one, which was a little odd. So what are your thoughts on the Raiders uh, hanging, hanging on there and uh, with the big defensive stop at the end? Yeah. So the, I mean, that was my first thought too, after the big, after the fourth down play that they handed it off to the fullback. I'm like, they didn't hand it off to Christian McCaffrey. Like you pitch it to him. He's going to like, you, need you one hand yard. it off to him. He's gonna get you that first down. Massive, all like all muscle. I was I, I was very surprised and I was very happy. But I think it, it comes in with the rookie play calling of the rookie head coach play calling because that was his first game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, I 
definitely think the offense is phenomenal. Josh Jacobs did not skip a beat. That dude is a workhorse. Every every run he gets, chunks the yards. Four to seven yards a run is ridiculous. And then we have um, the young speedster, uh, Henry Ruggs, the third. Oh, my gosh. That dude was insanely fast. It looked like he was, like, jogging down the field, and he was burning the, <laughs> the corners. Like, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. But he got a little he got a little hurt there at the end, so I gotta uh I gotta look up on him, make sure he's all right there. Uh, I love two, our offense. Our defense definitely young, needs some work, needs some work there. Our corners again worked on a little bit and our linebacking core wasn't really uh, the best. Christian didn't Christian didn't go crazy, but he was able to still do some damage and move the ball a bit. Sure, sure. Uh I like uh Derek Carr. I like John Gruden. I know people are critical of both of those guys, especially Raider fans. Uh, what are your thoughts on both of those guys? Um, obviously a good start to the season, but what are your thoughts on uh, your quarterback and your head coach? Well, first off on the coach, I mean, uh, you know, growing up a Raiders fan, you had this affinity for Chucky growing up back in the days, you know, back when the Raiders were last good, they had uh, Chucky was their coach and, so when he first got signed, he got signed to the 10-year deal. I thought the first off, I thought the 10-year deal was a little bit much. Like I was like, okay, this guy hasn't coached in a long yeah. time, like 10 years, like, no and he's kidding. pretty much the de facto GM. Like it's a little bit, it's a bit, it's a bit much. But then especially after he made that Cleo Max, after they made that Cleo Max trade, I was like, what's going on? Like yeah. what are we doing? <laughs> but. But, you know, I love what he's done with the picks. I love what he's done with the teams. He brings in his Gruden grinder guys, his guys, the guys that will go all out for a full all out every single play, the guys who study the game, the, study the playbook and game tape and just immerse themselves into football. And I think definitely think that's the guy that Derek Carr is too. Uh, Derek Carr is, I think, a great leader, a leader who's going to, you know, motivate your team, uh, uh, push them forward to the right direction and uh, keep things positive always. I Derek, Derek Carr does get a lot of uh, flack for his play. He is not – definitely I don't think he is the most talented quarterback, but definitely one of the hardest working ones. He is extremely accurate. He throws like – I think like 70% is his completion rate last year. Uh, so he, he throws – he's really accurate. He's not going to make – Stupid, stupid decision. Sometimes he does, obviously. <laughs> Every but, quarterback does. Yeah, but I think it was just it's just been nice having a stable quarterback for a long, long time and a quarterback that the rest of the team knows and is familiar with. Because there was like a time, like 10 years in a like maybe like 10, 15 years where every single year the Raiders had a different quarterback. Yeah. So having <laughs> that, having that set guy knowing, like, make, like not having it the, it up in the air whether who's going to be our quarterback I think is a big help coming into the season having the stability definitely want to give Derek Carr some more time I think being in the third year of John Gruden system he's learning more and he's learning at least this is something I've heard him say uh, I've heard others talk about Derek Carr where they said he's learning not just the uh, the how but like the why he kind of Gruden calls the plays why he calls certain plays at certain times and stuff like that and learning to trust your coach a little bit more and more. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, Gruden, I mean, he's, his playbook is ridiculous. He, there's long, long, long play <laughs> calls. I mean, famous for those long play calls. So uh, the quarterback getting familiar with him, I think that would definitely help out. 
and I love the young guy, our young group of guys, Josh Jacobs, the workhorse, our offensive line, one of the better offensive lines in the league. We have young receivers. Nelson Aguilar got a touchdown the other day, uh, yesterday. Yeah, and we got uh, some young speedsters. Uh, what is it? The Hunter Renfro, second year from Clemson. That dude. I like him a lot. Of like a little Wes Walker, like yeah. like a little like yeah. just go out, get open, and just do your thing. And yeah, I like him a lot. I like his attitude a lot. So that's one thing I like about having Gruden as a head coach is that he gets uh, guys to want to be there and want to compete with it for your team. I could see the Raiders uh, having a decent season, especially with the hype and everything being in Las Vegas. Uh, I don't think they'll jump the Chiefs, but I think the Raiders will probably be fighting for Denver with Denver for that second spot. I don't know what to make of the, the Chargers, really. Yeah, uh, I think but- it might be. I think the Raiders might be fighting for that sixth or seventh spot too, because yeah. now in the NFL, there's four now the seven teams per seven league. Seven teams, that yeah, gets into the per conference. I mean, big changes, big changes for the NFL and for the for the season. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest, Javi, and it's no offense. Every NFL Sunday, my goal is to see my Rams win and the 49ers, Cowboys, and the Raiders lose. That to me is a perfect NFL Sunday. Uh, I, I know I have a lot of friends from other teams who who are those who like those teams, but for me. Uh, I sleep better on Sunday night knowing those four things happened. Oh, and I it, guess we'll just leave it at that then. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like your podcast, it's about uh, different opinions, different viewpoints, agreeing to disagree, all that good stuff. So uh, one more time, Javi, as we wrap up the podcast here, uh, your, your guys' podcast, I'm very excited about you and Zach Stiver, as well as uh, Chris Calderon in support, we'll say. Uh, you know, you guys have shows coming out Friday mornings. Um, you can obviously listen to the podcast at any time after that. Uh, I encourage listeners here, go back, listen to last week's episode, and look forward to, to this week's episode on Friday. And uh, that's pretty much it. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Check them out, the yeah, Pro and just- Con Podcast. What else you got? Yeah, yeah, just on Instagram, you can find us at the Pro and Con Pod. On Twitter, you can find us at the Pro and Con Pod as well. On Facebook, you can find us at the Pro and Con Podcast. We're also on Buzzsprout, uh, which is where you can find our links to Spotify and Apple, Apple Podcasts. Well, I'm looking forward to the episode. There's lots to talk about. A lot has happened in a week. Uh, a full yeah. slate of NFL games to talk about, plus going into next week. You guys are starting it at a very good time, not just mm-hmm. with the football and all these sports going on at once, but again, the election, all kinds of other things going on. So I wish you guys nothing but the best, Javi. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun catching up. Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, just thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's, been a lot of, it's been a blast getting, catching up and talking <laughs> some football with you. I'll always talking, reminiscing about some old times. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for having us on. Definitely have you have to have you on the podcast sometime. Oh, I, I would be, podcast. I would be more than happy to, to do that. And uh, yeah, uh, you guys are great guys and that would be a lot of fun. So look forward to that. We'll be in touch uh, to Zach Stiver, your co-host and to Chris Calderon, who we didn't talk to tonight, but say hello to both of them. We've had Zach uh, Stiver on the podcast before. And, and I think we're going to get Chris Calderon on here very soon and you're well. locked on there for his yes his, uh, tell him to bring his expert gambling opinions to our show uh yeah. <laughs> so. he has his models run, he has his models running right now oh does he okay yeah, yeah his models are running right now 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not a gambler myself, but I, uh, but I do know some of my listeners are, so maybe they'll like some of his opinions. Anyway, Javi, thanks again. Great times, my man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. You too. Well, a big thank you to Javier Rodriguez for coming on the program. It was a lot of fun catching up with you. I wish you nothing but the best. I'm looking forward to more podcast episodes from you and Zach Stiver, as well as your third man in the crew, Chris Calderon. Looking forward to some great things you guys are going to do. The Pro and Con Podcast. Be sure to check it out, guys. I think it's going to take off and uh, have some really good content here in the near future. So best of luck, guys. Hope to talk to you again really soon. Well, guys, tomorrow is Wednesday, and that means Bill Barnes is back once again on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and college baseball umpire is ready to rock. Let me tell you, he's ready to go. He has seen a lot of activity over the weekend, we'll say, um, with some of the events here in Los Angeles, as well as uh, all of the NFL action across the, uh, the country here. So a lot to talk about regarding some of the activity, some of the actions of uh, athletes, uh, professional athletes, specifically in the NFL. Uh, We haven't really rehearsed much, but I think I know where Bill is going to stand on this. And as for me, guys, I know I talked a lot of NFL here uh, over the opening segment and with Javier. And and I'm I'm being honest with you guys. I, I honestly don't know how much I'm going to talk about the NFL in moving forward, uh, I wanted to say a few things, obviously in the intro here and when with Javier, um, but as far as doing like updates and really talking about the NFL and moving forward, uh, I, I'm not so sure I am yet. I'm still kind of uh, thinking about it. And I know for some people, they're kind of like, well, what what's there to think about? Um, but just kind of thinking to myself what, what, my, what the best option is. I am going to talk about it with Bill. Um, I, I got to be honest, although I enjoyed the games, I, I just did not enjoy seeing so many uh, different uh, demonstrations, uh, specifically regarding the American flag and the national anthem. Um, I know there were other teams that did things, and that's kind of why I wanted to wait for all 32 teams to see what they were doing, to see what all 16 matchups uh, did over the course of uh, this week from Thursday all the way through Monday. But that said, uh, I'm going to talk it over with my good friend, Bill Barnes. And I'm pretty sure I know where I'm, where I'm going to stand on this. Uh, I did want to talk about the weekend here with the first week a little bit, just cause I wanted to kind of get in on the officiating. And so I, I chat a little bit about the games on Monday night, just to kind of, kind of practice almost too. Something you got to remember for me is, is this is all still new and something that I want to continue to do moving forward. But I, I honestly do not know how much of the NFL I will be discussing uh, in moving forward until I see some change. So that's kind of the plan for now. Uh, my plans change uh, as they often do. They have a lot here the past few months. But uh, you got you got to do what your heart says and do what you, uh, you know, follow your heart and, and do the right thing in each of our minds. And I know there's a lot of that going on right now. So um, to each his own, we'll see what happens. Um, I kind of hope that major, like Major League Baseball did, they kind of backed off some of these, uh, stan- their stance on some of these things. They, they you know, decided to just play sports. Um, they said their piece and moved on. 
Um, I did not see that in the NBA and time will tell with the NFL. So uh, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, I do want to be fair. I want to be consistent as best I can. Um, I, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite by any means, uh, but I got to be, uh, again, do what do what I feel is best. And, and I think that's just good policy to go by. So anyway, moving forward, not sure about the NFL talk. Wanted to do a little bit for the opening week and, and tonight, uh, of course, as we're recording. Uh, anyway, those are my thoughts for uh, for the ending of the show. Here is I'm kind of I'm kind of a little rattled. Uh, my voice is hurting, and you know I'm trying to express some of the things I'm saying, and I'm not sure they're all coming out correctly. But stay tuned for some more episodes here moving forward, especially tomorrow with Bill Barnes. Uh, Bill definitely brings out a side of me that I didn't always know was there, but I am speaking out more about my beliefs, uh, things that. Uh, trouble me things that uh, inspire me uplift me so uh, stay tuned for that tomorrow should be a great episode with bill barnes once again on the weekly wednesday weigh-in thanks again javier perez that was a blast uh good luck to you and zach i will say guys uh as far as our uh, ways to follow the get home safe podcast there's plenty of ways our twitter handle is get home safe pod our facebook and instagram page is get home safe podcast and our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo.com hope to hear from you guys with questions content um maybe some suggestions whatever the case is maybe some of your thoughts on some of the things that are going on around the country and in professional sports these days Uh, i don't need to be right about everything i definitely am not right about everything just uh speaking my mind speaking my heart and uh in moving forward sometimes you gotta you gotta self-evaluate i know that I've uh, made mistakes and and uh, plenty of times here, but as we move forward, I'm going to try to do the best I can to be accurate, consistent, not be a hypocrite, uh, care about the speak about things I care about, but also uh, look inward to my value system and uh, not betray any any uh, personal beliefs and things like that. So that'll wrap up our show today, guys. A little long winded in the intro and the outro, but thanks for bearing with me. Uh, Looking forward to our conversation with Bill Barnes tomorrow. I hope you will join us. But guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Mm